Well, just got a text from uh, the old co-captain. It's like it's just going to be me today flying solo. So, um, looks like uh, we'll do the regulars, B. Gibson, and uh, got everything all queued up. I'm actually ready today. All right, here we go. I want to realize, man, the way I feel in me. How do you feel? I want to realize, women, the way I feel in me. How do you feel? I'm gonna explode. You mean you're gonna explode? I'm gonna explode. Watch out. I'm gonna explode. Like atomic of the International Secret Police. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Bob Gilmore and Dr. Kingsley and his little daughter are flying to Tibet to capture the octopus and his gang and to rescue Marsha Winfield. The criminal has been warned of their pursuit and seeks to stop them in Chung King when they land to deliver a stowaway, Chang, an octopus gangster, and also to refuel their plane. Failing in this, he plans to destroy his enemies when they land at Da Lu, gateway to Tibet. The boys know nothing of this, however, and we find them nearing Da Lu and looking for a possible landing field. Suffering wang doodles. Look at them mountains rising up on either side of that valley. Looks like there ain't enough room to fly between them, much less land on the floor of the valley. Well, that's because they're so high, Barney. There's plenty of good landing fields around Dasha and Lou. Yeah, just show me where. All I see is roofs of houses, and they go smack dab up against them mountains. Ah, uh, listen, pal, as long as I'm flying this plane, let me worry about where I'm going to set her down, will you? If it makes you nervous, go back to speed me others. Oh, and while you're back there, tell them to fasten your safety belt for the landing. Okay, but if we crack up, don't say I didn't warn you. Maybe you'd like to make the landing. No, thanks. I won't say another word. So long. <laughs> so long, you fuck. Land soon? Practically immediately, Speed. Clint's just looking for a level spot now. Losing altitude fast. Yeah, Bob, but I think he'll drag the valley before setting it down. Drag the valley? That means flying low and slow, Gene, so to see what kind of ground is below. Lucky it's light. I'd hate to land at Dosh and Lou at night. Something tells me they ain't got landing lights in this neck of the woods. Well, there's no actual danger, is there, Bonnie? Oh, no, Doc. 
But you all had better fasten your landing belts just in case we hit a bump or two. Okay. Gee, look at those mountains. Biggest things I ever saw. Yes. I feel like they'll tumble over on us any minute. <laughs> if you think these mountains are high, Gene, wait till you see Nyancheng Tangla in Tibet. Maybe you'll have a chance to see the Himalayas, too. Then you'll really see something in mountains. I should think you'd have a great many avalanches in such a country as this, Bob. What with such high mountains and so much snow on their peaks. Well, they do in Tibet proper, Doctor, but I believe we're safe from such things in Dashen Lu. You'll notice that most of the town is built just out of reach of slides, should one occur. Land soon. Yeah, everybody got their safety belt fastened? Yeah. Looks like we're landing pretty close to those mountains. Guess this is the only level spot Clint could find, Gene. Hold everything now. He's going to set her down. There we are. Down without a bump. Well, I don't know how you all feel, but I'll be glad to get out and stretch my legs. I'm kind of curious about this burg anyhow. You can unfasten your safety belts now. Okay. Is everybody all right? Yeah. yeah well, I see we have a welcoming committee on hand. We'll have to go into the town to get our passports visaed and identify ourselves. But uh, someone should stay here with the plane. Uh, what about you, Barney? Me? Say, did I just come along for the ride? When do I get to see the world anyhow? Well, perhaps the officials could leave us a guard of some sort, Clint. Well, maybe. Let's pile out and see what we can do anyhow. Okay. Come on, Jean. That's a girl. Ooh, it's cold, isn't it? A lot higher than we were in Hong Kong, Jean. I think Clint said this valley was 8,500 feet high. Goodness. Just think how cold it must be on top of those mountains, then. Oh, look at all that snow up there. You'll see plenty of snow in Tibet, Jean. Especially if we have to hang around the mountains or up in northern Tibet. Now I know why Clint told us to bring plenty of warm clothes along. Look, here comes a car. Wonder who's in it. Well, we'll soon find out, Bonnie. And they'll know all about us, too. Dashen Lu is highly interested in any strangers that may come to her. Do you think the octopus landed here, Clint? That's what I'm going to find out, Bob. I doubt if he did. Probably he didn't come near the pass, but flew over the mountains, so as to be completely unobserved. I was taking an awful chance. Yeah, that's the way of the octopus. He doesn't know the meaning of fear. Once he makes up his mind to do a thing, he'll stop at nothing to gain his end. That's why he's become so powerful. A man without fear, conscience, or heart is bound to succeed. Well, that is for a time. Well, here comes the welcome committee. But I don't see him holding any key to the city. Oh, quiet, quiet, Barney. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome to Dash and Lou. My name's Martin, attaché of the consul's office. Well, I'm glad to meet you, Martin. I'm Barlow of the International Secret Police. Now, this is Barney Dunlap, uh, Speed Gibson, Dr. Kingsley, uh, his daughter, Jean. Oh, and Bob Gilmore, also of the Secret Police. The police? Oh, my word. Don't tell me you've dragged someone to Dash and Lou. <laughs> I'd rather tell you what we've come here for uh, in private. Oh, rather. We can drive back to the office now. What about our plane? We don't want to leave it alone. Oh, I can leave these fellows I brought along to watch it for you, Mr. Dunlap. They're Tibetans. Very trustworthy, I'm sure. What do you think, Clint? I'd feel better if a member of our party stayed here too, Barney. 
I'm afraid that's quite impossible, Mr. Barlow. Uh, you see, the authorities of Dash and Lu request that all who pass through the valley should present themselves before them and uh, show their credentials, passports, and so forth. Naturally, this must be done in person. I see. Very well, let's go then. Huh? I'm anxious to get the formalities over with and then continue on to Tibet. Mr. Ming, uh, these are members of the International Secret Police. Uh, two more of the party, a doctor and his little girl, are in the next room. It will not be necessary for them to submit to questioning, Mr. Martin. It is enough that I meet Clint Barlow at last. At uh, last? I am an admirer of yours, Mr. Barlow. While the Secret Police Organization does not give out anything concerning its members... Everyone in government circles knows of you and your extraordinary work in the cause of law and order. Well, thank you, Mr. Ming. Naturally, your papers and passports are all in order. But I am curious as to why you are passing through Dashen Lu. Have you ever heard of the octopus? The octopus. And he don't mean a fish. I realize that, Mr. Dunlap. The octopus is a criminal leader, a master criminal. Then you have heard of him. Oh, yes, Steve. But only the merest whispers. His organization has never reached as far as Dashen Lu. At least, we have no record of his activities. And yet the octopus and the fleet of planes has entered Tibet. What? Yes. We have information that he's heading for the mountain range, Nianchen Tangla. But he cannot cross the border without our consent. He can't, but he has, Mr. Ming. The octopus is like that. He will not get far. The Tibetan government will discover the irregularity. I don't know about that, Mr. Ming. Forged passports are a handy tool for such a criminal as the octopus. Perhaps he has an established identity in Tibet. Then, if that were the case, why would he not go through the formalities at Tashanlu? No, because then if he stopped to show his papers, he'd have to explain his fleet of fighting planes. And then, too, the octopus is in a hurry. You see, we drove him from Hong Kong. He is anxious to establish his headquarters in Tibet before we can reach him. Mr. Barlow, I will cooperate with you in whatever way I can. I shall also notify the Tibetan government that the octopus has entered their territory. Good. And also notify them of our coming. The time has passed when we can work in secret. How soon do you plan to take off again? Well, it's getting too dark to risk a takeoff now. Anyhow, I have a little business to attend to before leaving Daoshen Lu. We shall leave at dawn, Mr. Ming. Until then, Mr. Barlow, Darshan Lu is yours. Boy, what a place. What do you think of this town, Jane? It's like something out of the Arabian Nights, Barney. All these funny little shops and new sights and smells. Dosh and Lou has some big buildings, too. Yeah, but not enough to make it a close second to New York, kid. Uh, the only big things I can keep my eyes on are those mountains looming above us, Barney. Look at that moon shining on the snow up there. You look at it, Bob. Me, I'm going to keep my eyes on what I see in the street. Hey! Hey, what's that funny-looking animal with the horns? Uh, yeah, Mr. Dunlap. Yeah, I know. Uh, huh? Uh, yeah. 
Look, Mr. Martin, I asked what that animal was called. You don't have to yes me all the time. <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah. Somebody's going to get their face slapped. <laughs> Do you mean yak, Mr. Martin? <laughs> yes, Speed. But Tibetans dropped the vinyl K. It spelled yak and pronounced yak. <laughs> well, Barney thought you were kidding him, Mr. Martin. I don't see nothing funny about it. If you ask me, it's silly. Why don't they pronounce it the way it's spelled or vice versa and stuff? <laughs> well, you'd better get used to words that are pronounced differently than they're spelled, Barney. You'll find plenty of them in Tibet. Yeah, well, I'll stick to English. And that thing that looks like an overgrown steer is still yak to me. Say, we're getting kind of out of the town, aren't we? <laughs> we better turn back or we'll run into a herd of Barney's yaks. That's right. And we'll need plenty of sleep if we're going to take off at dawn. Yeah, well, you all better go back to the hotel, then. Uh, I have some business to attend to first. What, Clint? I want a last word with our Dashian new operator, Barney. You want to come with me? Yeah, I think I will. It won't take long. I want to make sure about our refueling stations in Tibet. Don't want to get stuck on a mountaintop without gas. Well, do you think we ought to take a last look at our plane, fellas, just to make sure everything is all right? It isn't far from here now. There's no need of that speed. One of the guards came in a while ago and said that everything was top hole. Well, then we might as well get on back to the hotel, Gene. It's time little girls should be in bed. Uh, I can certainly use some sleep. Hey, what's that noise? Noise? Yeah, listen. Look! Look above us! The mountain! An avalanche! Back! Back, everyone! Run for your lives! That was fun. All right. Here we go. Doop, 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 doop. Naked capitalism. My hands are freezing again today. God damn it. I mean, we paid my goddamn uh, dues here. Did all that shit, so that's cool. Um, oh, man. You know, uh, before I start talking, I was thinking I've been getting on more, uh, like on stage and shit, so that's, that's pretty neat. Who gives a fuck? But if you want to hear it, uh, check out um, the happy hour. I usually go last happy hour on the media radio feed. Um, yeah, if I go up, I go last. So it's easy to find me. <laughs> Just find the last fucker thing on the thing. It's usually two hours. If I go on, it's usually a shorter episode. But the the pods run two hours anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay. That's done. <clears throat> oh. Sound tight. Feel tight.
Oh, just put up all that money. Oh, I just feel tight. I think it's because my hands are cold. Fuck, I swear to God, I don't know what it is. Oh, I learned some shit. Oh, man, who cares? <laughs> I learned some shit about circulation that I didn't know before. And, like, how, how like, when it sits for a long time and all this other bullshit. It's, I'm, it, I'm not going to make any sense because I barely remember what I learned because I have to reread it. <laughs> That's why I didn't want to bring it up because I was like, well, I don't. I, I read something and I don't remember it all to the specifics that it would take to actually speak about it, like, intelligently. That's why I don't like when people do that. <laughs> Oh, but, oh, this, the set, uh, that I did on Friday went pretty darn good, so that was pretty, that was, that was fun. Um, did I fucking, okay, yeah, I did play the right one. For, for a half a second, I thought I played the wrong Speed Gibson, because it, if I don't stop it when the, um, when I you know pick up the mic again the fucking thing auto plays and then when it does that i always forget well not always but i usually forget um which one i'm on because it'll like go skip to two to three or four and i'm like what the fuck one was it but we're on fucking 60 man i didn't think we'd get to 60 i'm on like 84 episodes or 85 84 85 i just <laughs> Whenever I get a new phone, I always have to um, re-up my, or redo my subscription to my own goddamn show because I'm stupid. <laughs> or my phone, or no, because I don't want my phone to like just constantly. It doesn't need to know everything about all the things I do every time and constantly update me and tell me all that bullshit. So I don't like bother to uh, you don't know my location and for, you know like i don't need all the amenities you know right it just being a phone that works on the go is actually good enough and it being the internet is a bonus and anything after that is just more like you know extra bullshit i don't i i used to i'm i'm really i, I have a pretty darn good sense of direction and uh and I've learned how to read. In fact, I like reading maps. I'm, I'm that boring idiot. <laughs> I, I like maps. I like old maps. I like new maps. I just like maps. Maps are fucking cool. My imagination has fun looking at maps. I've, I've always had that since I was a little kid. Just like maps. You know, just trying to imagine what the hell it's like over there. Wherever that is or what the, like... <laughs> Weirdly, like the adventure of going from A to B to Z or whatever the fudge. Yeah. Oh, well. Just the thing. I'll always look at a map. I'll, <laughs> like, um, those uh, uh, bus stops. I'll, <laughs> like, if I have to wait on a bus, like, people, like, it's like people take offense having to look at a bus stop. Like the map, like, man, I'm a local B. Fuck that map. I know where I'm going. <laughs> like, the map's just interesting, because, like, I, <clears throat> even though the city's fairly small, it's 49 square miles, right? It's seven by seven. So, like, theoretically, I should, by now, have actually been to, not everywhere in the city, but, like, you know, I've seen everything. 
you know, like just put my eyeballs on it. But I, I've been here for like a decade or more. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen hardly anything. And it's just it, like I know, well, not anything, but I've seen a lot of shit. But like that near, you know, I haven't seen the whole map. And it's like, oh shit, because um, th- this city's weird when it comes to directions, like. This is the first city that I been that I went to that like really sort of threw my natural up and down and left and right because like the streets bend a lot and then um the ones that don't bend there's like a south and a north and like it'll it makes like a hard L you know and all this other shit or it breaks and then it picks back up and you know, it's like jesus who designed these fu- motherfucking streets and um you know i still haven't looked that up maybe i'll look that up and talk about that in the second hour or something like that but uh the it, it, so uh but usually i like if i've been to some place once i can find it again there's a couple places that I went to, like, the very first night that I was in this city that I still can't find. <laughs> I swear they were on, like, 1st and 2nd Street, but I can barely find where the fuck 1st and 2nd Street are. So it's like, Jesus Christ. But, you know, whatever. But they were, like, these really interesting, cool restaurants and shit. And, like, I walked my balls off the first night. Yeah, once I like reach sort of retrace my steps, I walked from like, like, the, like the like from downtown to the mission, like halfway out to like the Ocean Bay, like Ocean, like, like out that way, then like back downtown, then like up the hill, and like I'm carrying, I'm like, was I rolling a bag? No, I don't think I had a roller yet, so I think I was just carrying a fucking bag. It was what a pain in the balls. Until it got really fucking dark. Whatever. Whatever, whatever. Naked capitalism. Blue. You Smith. She's been uh, in a couple of big uh, publications lately. I noticed uh, a couple of her articles, which is always cool. Because she's the best. It's a funny thing. Once I get talking, I really have shitty posture. My mom always talked about that. Well, not that I had shitty posture, but... But basically, you should work on your posture. I know. If I do, it makes my goddamn back hurt. Makes my ass stick out. Makes me feel weird when I walk. <laughs> really, it looks fine. In fact, it looks better. But it just makes me feel weird because my back is all cracked up. So I'm like, ow. But I should stick my chest out more. But it's so heavy. I have a big fucking chest. <laughs> so it's like, ugh, I'm carrying all this bullshit. So I should probably do push ups. It just makes it heavier. <laughs> sort of. But it's stronger, so I hold it up more. But then when I don't work out. It just turns back to the same old stuff. So it's like, if I start, that means I'm on, like, a lifetime program to always fucking, to, like, I'm I'm resigning myself to, like, some sort of lifetime regimen of maintenance of some shit. I don't really give a, I don't care. 
<laughs> you know, I might need that shit for when, <laughs> if it all goes to hell, I'm going to need the fat in my chest to keep me alive. <laughs> my body might need it. <laughs> oh, man. Droll. So droll today. Uh, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I can't remember if I brought this up last week, but I talked about this on stage. And it's not even a joke because it's not a joke. I just said it because I've been wanting to say this out loud to somebody. And I just, I don't think I have yet. Um, I figured out the, like, the, um, uh, like, design etiquette or whatever the fuck that I want for myself like as far as t-shirts are concerned from now on like what is what is the thing I I think I've been going through my head lately like what are the things that I like or what what makes me happy about whatever or whatever the fuck like the things that make me laugh or the things that make me but like all like consistently you know or like things that um just or like the aesthetic that I enjoy or, or and I respect or whatever you know or want to emulate all that type of thing and um <clears throat> I was thinking about t-shirts <laughs> yeah I, I go for the big issues and um I I was uh I recently got that dollar uh uh, P, uh police uh athletics uh, league or yeah whatever shirt and it's it's a white shirt with a blue um it's like a blue baseball well white white and blue baseball shirt and it, it says something on the front and uh well it's in english letters but it's i believe it's japanese name <laughs> and i don't know what it says and i don't care and i really like that it looks cool as fuck. It's really pretty. And I just like, I, and it was a buck, which is awesome. And that that's the, I, if I have to buy a shirt with writing on it, I would just want it to be a foreign writing that I don't know. I don't have to explain. <laughs> I, or like I have this other shirt that says Liberty on it that I really like because <laughs> it, it's, it's one of my favorite, like, if you're going to judge me, you're an asshole shirt. Because Liberty is actually, for my money, in my fo- if you were actually to ask me, well, so why do you have that shirt on? Well, first, I think I got it from my mom, and it was, like, free. <laughs> so, I'm, I'll, that's always, that will always put the shirt on the, uh, ooh, I'll wear that list. <laughs> that bumps it up into the rotation, let's say. And then, um, uh, what the fuck? So yeah, so and like I said, and if if my mom bought it, get the fuck out. Of course, I'll wear it usually. Unless it's, oh boy, just some awful shirts. But anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so the the uh, that so anyway, so the, those types of shirts because like long story longer. Back in the day when I was working at record stores, my uh, one of my best friends, John Hoppy, was like, I don't wear band shirts. Or no. No. Well, yeah. Hoppy. Hoppy's like, I always noticed like he never wears shirts with like bands on him. And he was like, yeah, I'm not a fucking billboard. 
<laughs> I was like, you're fucking right. It, like, it fit in with my, like, ethos of, like, fucking, they're not paying me to, you know, and if you're going to be my friend because of the fucking t-shirt I own, fuck off. <laughs> right? Like, I, if my personality alone isn't enough to be, like, a friendship or conversation starter to you, then I, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not wasting my time. You know, which is sort of a weird thing because I do I judge people on their t-shirts, sorta, but not really, because I don't really give a fuck about what you like. Generally, people put way too much onus on what people like. In my opinion, I think that people make too many like, well, like what's that, um, causation or whatever, right? Where people like think. Well, if this, then that, right? It's like, well, no. Just because a person likes bad shit or whatever the fuck, or would, or in your opinion, what means nothing, right? It's like the idea. It 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 just just breathes of self-importance to me. Like the idea that oh well, if I think that. Jimmy wears a fucking Rage Against the Machine shirt. Oh, he me he thinks like this. I mean, yeah, you can. <laughs> I'm always like, you can try to draw a quick thumbnail sketch, you know, which is fair. Which is, you know, it's probably you can be right often, and you know, depending on how good or bad you are at that to you, and <laughs> and um. Yeah, I don't know. And it's, I just think it's all bullshit. It's all subjective. It's all bull, you know. It's like, all right, well, sure. You know? I mean, there are there are fairly, truly, like, no bullshit, like, but objective things like math. <laughs> you know? How big is a goddamn football field? You know, whatever. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's fixed. <laughs> so, you know. But people and their that's what that like i used to god damn it, it it turned into a pet peeve of mine like i one of the things like i used to like reading um well i still like oral histories of shit um but it or just history in general god damn it one of the things that like you you i always have to keep in mind is and i i don't always have to keep it in mind but i it's always in my head is like Whoever told the source person the thing, it's their perspective. And that can be so wildly different. (laughs) Right? Right? Just when I think about things that I've seen and I think of my perspective against the person sitting next to me and just how our two philosophies of the world are different, Therefore, our our experience of the same experience is completely different. How in the fuck all those histories of people and the world and like what I think about Pam is different than what uh, I don't know Capital or whoever, even my co-host, uh, fucking uh, paralegal Jeff thinks of Pam. 
right so like the biography i would write on her is completely different than the biography that he would write about her and you know so when i think about like the history of alexander the history of even like adolf hitler any anybody anybody (laughs) you have to think about not just the person who's writing the writing down his interpretation of what that guy thought but what that guy thought that he's writing the interpretation of there's so many fucking layers to like how to get at the idea of a person like when you're not that person it's 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 just endless it's it's sort of fascinating it's maddening it's one of those uh like thought holes that i can fall down that made me like stop seriously being into like collecting music i was like eventually i could fall into a hole like d had (laughs) where he like it's not that he wants every fucking record that ever came out but he wants damn near every record from the like genres that he loves that ever came out and even if you have one that is a forever job. <laughs> it's like working out. It's, it's like, fuck that bullshit, man. That sounds awful. It sounds great. It's like, you know, thrilling and fulfilling and, you know, like, wow. Like, you can hear such dazzling shit, but it's such a commitment. That's like, it sounds like a fucking prison sentence to me. It's like walls. It's like, but... You know, but I don't know. Like I said, but it just seems like fuck. But but you could get so um, you could get so specialized into the thing that you love that you could be real. I mean, it, I, but you know what? I bet it, I bet it's like anything. You know, where the first part, <clears throat> you know, you're you're really excited, you're really learning, you're getting all your shit. Then there's that middle part where. It's just sort of rote, and you're trying to, you know, you know that things are out there that you want to get, but you, you know, you're you're not that you're frustrated, but you're just sort of the grindy every day, fucking doing the thing, and once in a while you'll find a thing that you find super cool, and but it's just sort of a thing, and then I guess at some point you just sort of like you really sort of specialize. Well, I really like. 70s prog or whatever the fuck you know or just whatever whatever you just put your finger in and and then you just really just sit in that and then you like then you're just specialized in you know it's like everything right isn't that's it's not like how basically how humans learn shit (laughs) right (laughs) right so you know just think about that and stand up or think about that and just any thing yeah whatever naked capitalism you know what? how about this <laughs> while i was sitting here i was rolling two cigarettes i want to play some music oh yeah because i've been playing some fucking jb's <clears throat> over there on the um oh yeah i swear to god i play so much fun music on the goddamn other show it's a ridiculous and there, turn on this other mic there we are. <laughs> That's nice. Motherfucker. Of course, it's on this weird thing. So, to hold it by hand. Anyway, uh, 
Yeah, on the happy hour, on the Mutiny Radio happy hour, I play a ton of music and it's so much fun. But uh, I don't know why I don't. Do, well, I do it sometimes on here, but well, I used to do it a lot more when I would get fucking drunk. But uh, I don't as much anymore. But I will maybe probably today because I wasn't planning on doing two hours. I was just planning on talking for an hour and getting the other shit sort of done. But you know. We'll sort of play it by er and um you know but but it's got that fucking show is so much fun that um I laugh my ass off. It's just god damn it. Anyway. Alright, we'll play some more peas and then um we'll be right back. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Do it.
Jungle song. Can we give the bass song? Bass. You ain't had none. Can we give the bass song? Can we give the bass song? Let's take it to L. Hey, friend and friend. Can we take it to L?
outside for the last 13 minutes and 46 seconds <laughs> or exactly as long as that song as soon as i walked in and put my phone down and listen to those awesome fellows from the boys of uh beyond yacht rock oh man those dudes you always gotta love a motherfucker from Michigan, man. And there's like four of them, and they they've been funny for a long time. Um, they're so up my alley; it's fucked up. They're we're like all about the same age. Uh, one like spent like some serious time in Kalamazoo, which is where I'm from. <laughs> They have fucking long backgrounds in music like I do. 
They like to make people laugh. It's just, it's really funny. The only difference is they moved to L.A. and I just fucked off for like a bunch of years. Anyway. Um, here we go. Um, links, 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 links for 12 to 18. It's December, folks. That's why it's so fucking cold in here. Let me put my hands. I went and stood out in the sun and like it felt so fucking good, but my hands are still freezing. So I get my little sweatshirt on and we'll stick them under here. See, here we go. Until I have to scroll down. All right. It's December 2nd, folks. Yep, yep, yep. Jerry Lynn Schofield, the weekend boy is out here putting it down. <clears throat> All right, one last thing before I get into this. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Civilization 6. I went and got that for my little Thanksgiving treat. And it's, I, I'm like, it's one of those games I've been looking at since the fucking 90s. <clears throat> civilization's out and everybody says like you know all all the pc gamers and when i had a fucking pc i was always like reading about civilization and how cool it was and i never fucking played it until i got my switch and then i it came out and i went and i've been playing it and it is super fun because it's like a it, i get why people like it because it's basically like a board game with up to you know i guess to 16 fucking people if you wanted to but generally it's like four to six you know players and it's just fun it's it it really i can see why after playing civilization six how like these turn-based um which like uh sort of euro board games have like uh what are they called god damn it like I want to say location something, but it's area placement. Ah, my mind is dancing all around the damn word, but I can't think of it. But they're just sort of strategy games. They're more like war game games type games instead of your what what people would think of like traditional American board games. Your uh, monopolies and you know those types of uh, uh, shoots and ladders type you know children's games type games. But like what they would call like Euro games, but they're just fucking war games. The closest like analog in, in the traditional sense would have been a game closer to Risk or even Battleship, you know, but area control, I think. I think that's what I'm, I'm looking for. I think that's the, the, the sort of shorthand phrase that people use for it. Um, and that's what this game does and but it's also automatic you know so you're not you don't have to pick up the dice and do all the stuff or have co-players but you can play multiplayer and you know all that type of stuff so it's really cool and <laughs> the thing is i've i've figured out like before um my phone or whatever androids or whatever just metro or whatever like if you wanted to do the mobile hotspot thing you had to like pay extra but i guess it's free now and so like i just pump it up next to next to the old bed ski and just get to work on that fucking game and it's just so much fun i like god damn it like what's cool is the like the game well it has like sort of three endings like the first ending is like 
whoever completes one of like these first three or four tasks like win through religion culture i think maybe 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 you can do it through trade and maybe you can do it through in like area domination like land whoever gets to one of those first wins <clears throat> and like the first couple times that i played the computer just well I you know just I've well they beat me I don't know if it whooped my ass or nothing because it just it so surprised me because I'd never played one of the games before that it just stopped it's like um excite bike or fucking um what's the other one uh oh off road whoever's first through the gate goddamn it that's it <laughs> game stops it, um but then uh the second uh thing is it has five hundred uh, ticks on the counter and five hundred uh, turns. So, yeah, 500 turns, you know, game over. Whoever wins, then that's the winner. Or, third option, um, there's this, uh, it, it gives you like three options uh, when the game ends on the first two. Those first two options. Either one, it, um, you can replay the little video that just showed of either you won or you lost. Or two, you can go right back to the main menu or three you can um uh it just says just one more time and that's just basically to continue the game and then you can just play the game out until either you win in your terms or, or you get fucking tired of playing or you lose you know like they just you have no army left or no fucking city left or whatever you know something like that <clears throat> so that's that and it's just it's just so addicting it's because it gives you so many options of shit that you can pick like all your different types of governments you can pick like like one time like i won once through culture like i just set up all these huge fucking trading routes all over the world and just made just friends with just trying to make friends with everybody and tried to set up a religion that could be spread through the trading routes and just like all this shit and like um i just kept getting all these like great artists and great merchants and like because like the more you build of course like in those specific things those specific people just start showing up so i just loaded it with just i just did two things like um trading and culture and just loaded the dog shit out of the <coughs> out of the map with that stuff just anytime i i just kept sort of like humping it anytime i got a civilization up enough to put like a, a settler and a fucking and i think I'm pretty sure, like, whoever, uh, because they'll set you up with your world leader, I just had it picked at random, so I, whoever I got, I think it was Cleopatra, like, when you start with, a, when you get a settler, he comes with, like, a fucking dude, like, a protector, a swordsman, or fucking barbarian, or somebody with him, so, when he goes, he goes loaded for bear, so, you fucking go up there, and, uh, I just kept, like, trying to land hop, and scout out places, and just try to find fucking places next to natural wonders, and, you know, like, the Dead Sea, or what, fucking, like, the last game I was on, I had, like, those next to the Galapagos Islands, I just found a place, and bully these other motherfuckers off of it <laughs> and all this other, it's just it gets really involved and it's fun and 
you know, it's like all these. I'm a fucking big history fan. Obviously, I was talking about it earlier, and um, the uh, it's just littered with just historical figures and stuff like that. So it's just it's super fun. It's yeah, and it's it's got so much fucking variety just in the maps. You can get like a t- tiny map with like the four player map, uh, the six player map, the small map, a large map, a continent, tiny islands four-leaf clovers <laughs> pangea neo-pangea like <laughs> random it's just all these different fucking things it's just like you can pick a leader you can get a random choice i there i've usually picked random choice there's like a gandhi i think gandhi's on there i've never even seen him I, i've never even played against him there's so many different ones like i was just the one time i played last time i was just a fucking warmonger and it's sort of a bummer but like i had it on sort of the easy mode so i was just crushing this fucking thing it was just a dick and everybody hated me i was a bit what's weird is it felt shitty to play at least for me i was like i, I just don't like it just feels bad to just being so mean <laughs> stop it stop it I'm just, I'm just fuck your city fuck your people it was just ugh it's like i don't like it like that so i was just i just uh you know you can just quit the game anytime so i just restarted it and just, i just wanted i'm gonna do that trading route thing again because it's just fun but you can do all kinds you can try to be a theocracy and just try to spread your religion all over and shit like it's just just yeah so uh, but I did myself the healthy thing. Like, if not, y'all motherfuckers would just be listening to a lot of music and, <laughs> and Speed Gibson because I would just be playing that darn thing. But I left it back at the old uh, charger at the house. So I rest last one temptation away from me. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> fuck that. Because I was, I was, ugh, I'm so in. But you know what? <clears throat> That was another thing I was thinking about, about the, um, just, uh, thinking, thinking back over my years, um, like OCD type things and like cereal. I used to do a thing for cereal, man, and like go full tilt. Like if I fell in love with like, I don't know, like life cereal not only like I just obsess and just keep eating that one fucking cereal for like a year or whatever (laughs) I would like fuck it like on a weekend or whatever just eat just get a big gigantic bowl and just eat all of it like like ugh sounds so gross to me now like it sounds all right but the one that really grosses me out is the idea i couldn't even imagine eating a fucking can of frosting for fun for breakfast (laughs) oh god what do you want george i remember going to the fucking kitchen and I motherfucker be in the fridge and just just want to stick my finger in there and just get a big honking thing of frosting and just and then head out to school. Ugh, sounds so fucking gross. I can barely think of eating breakfast, let alone like a, a tub of frosting <laughs> for fun. Ugh, God. Ugh. 
Ugh. <laughs> That's some kid shit. <laughs> Drink a big fucking thing of milk. Ugh. Mmm. Ugh. Fuck that shit. Links, December 2nd, 2018. All right. Um, Farmer's Dilemma. Save bees or save themselves. Who, what, what, who, what, why, dot org. It took seven miles to pull over a Tesla with a seemingly asleep driver. Ars Technica? That was a weird article. I read that a little earlier. Either the driver... Either, well, there, the most interesting part was like under the comments section that led us to the editor because it was a lot of people saying, yeah, man, a lot of people can juke that motherfucking system or people are saying, man, that system's so annoying because every 30 seconds you have to fuck with it. So even if you drive, you know, the most annoying is when you're driving down a straight stretch of highway and... <clears throat> and you gotta hold on to the fucking thing and um (laughs) okay and you have to keep fiddling with the stick so like you look like you're in the movies driving (laughs) he said you feel like you're driving in the movies and you're constantly having to uh like sort of oscillate the wheel left and right (laughs) or one guy's like was like hey man you can just uh fuck with the volume on the wheel it all sounds annoying to me like one nice thing about just driving like, especially on the highway, once you get to a motherfucking spot, you can sort of rest that hand being just sort of let it go for a minute. You gotta sit there and just click a clicker. 30 seconds. Chirp, chirp, click a clicker, clicker. It's like, fuck off. You can't turn in, like, they lowered the number. Here's the thing, too, about your fucking Tesla. They can lower, they lower the number, like, across the board as according to, like, time that was allowed to um the time okay wait time allotted between motions of the wheel to uh driver you know the driver interaction to car autopilot quote unquote (laughs) and um they just dropped it to 30 seconds but there's no way to fucking do it the other way and turn it around and be like look man I just don't want it, but for like, give me like every five minutes. That's not happening. <laughs> so like, you buy this like I don't know what seventy thousand dollar car, and you can't even control your own shit. Fuck you, man. That's why I don't. Uh, part of why I don't like this newish economy, <laughs> like the renting of everything and the fucking leasing of everything. Like the subscription model bullshit. Fuck off. I I want my thing. <laughs> I almost you know what when I was out buying books there was a book called like uh like in tribute to analog. I didn't need the fucking book, but I just loved it because of the fucking title. Of course. It's like a book to you could just call the book of course. Because yeah, duh. The physical object, the object itself, the thing is the thing. You like the idea that, um, like, like to 
to buy something and then to just sort of have it or whatever the fuck like to have it on loan like the idea of the apple eye store is confounding to me like all right well i bought this thing but you don't really own the thing like if your computer takes a shit you're just fucked like if you have the cd you can always get a different fucking cd player it's always yours you can always turn it into other shit <laughs> you know unless you have like a blank tape <laughs> you know you can always like make it into other shit but the idea that like i don't like the idea of being under the control of somebody's whim yeah well now you can't <laughs> you can't have your uh whatever the fuck on for that long fuck you man <laughs> anyway In the millions of dollars. Earthquake damage assessment uh, continue amid aftershocks. Anchorage Daily News. Looks like they had an earthquake up in Alaska. Climate change. Where we are in seven charts and what you can do to help. BBC. The over-celebration of life events. Atlantic. I did a bit sort of on that on Friday. But I'm not going to talk about it now. I want to get through these fucking links or I'm never going to get through them. Deadline ends for Hungary. Soros-funded university to reach deal. Al Jazeera. First international European modern monetary theory conference. Wow. Good. At least somebody's getting it together. (laughs) They had to squeeze fucking Spain. They had to treat Spain like they treated Argentina. They really have it out for the fucking... (laughs) Free marketers really don't like the Spanish, do they? Boy, oh boy, right? It's like some old school English-German shit. Like, fuck the Spanish, right? (laughs) Like, fuck the Inquisition or whatever the fuck, man. (laughs) Because, like, man... Two countries, like, off the top of the dome, I can think of that were just like... Fuck you, man. Just through economics, just put the squeeze on them when there's no reason to. Because if you can make your own money, then you can make as much money as you want. You can do whatever you If you can fund a military, you can beat homelessness through money if you want. You know, just decisions. What what type of society do you wish to live in? Anyway, Crews uh, rescue 35 anglers from Duluth Harbor ice flow. Yikes. Duluth, Minnesota? Ice flow? Jeez. It's December. MPR News. Like I said, yeah, I guess it's a mini, maybe Minneapolis Public Radio. Something like that. Our, um, our Minnesota Public Radio. Duluth, Minnesota. Right? Maybe. Sure. Why not? Michigan Public Radio. Why not? Maine Public Radio. <laughs> Duluth, Maine. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Our famously free press. The Club. Oh, yeah. I, was, I haven't read this book yet or this review, but it sounds neat. <clears throat> um, the Club and the Mob. Uh, London Review of Books. Review of Alan Rusbridge, uh, Bridger's Breaking News. The Remaking of Journalism and Why It Matters Now. I bet you that's really good. Uh, free the Free Press from Wall Street Pump Plunderers Fair. Jim Hightower. Uh, waste watch Indonesian islands are drowning in trash Oof. drowning it's drowning um, reduced packaging oh that's from motherboard uh, reduced packaging waste this holiday season from tree hugger uh, Mexico 
Mexico's when Mexico's new president hits the ground running, he'll smack into Trump. Okay, Dallas Morning News. Oh, when he hits the ground running, he'll smack into Trump. I get it. Okay, Mexico new president vows to end uh, rapacious elite in first speech. Okay, hope so. Let's see how this works out. <laughs> I'm on board so far, my man. <clears throat> America is headed for military defeat in Afghanistan. American conservative Major Danny Surgeon. No shit. Probably could have told us that five, ten years ago. Uh, Middle East dictators always end up... Isn't that what happened with Russia? Isn't that what everybody fucking said? Or everybody I was looking at? Um, Middle East dictators always bring always end up bringing their western allies down. And now they've got their coils in the White House. Uh, independent Robert Fisk. He's a good writer. Yeah, no shit they would bring their Western allies down because they're fucking dictators. They're douchebags. They're people that leaders shouldn't be getting involved with in the first fucking place, but they do because they're greedy fucks, short-sighted assholes. And this is what they... Hmm, what happens? This is what happens. Anyway. Uh, CIA intercepts underpin assessment Saudi crown prince targeted uh, Kasahogi. I'm never going to say that name right because I think I've only heard it like out loud once and it, it just sort of flipped right past my ear. I was like, oh, that's that person. <laughs> it, it doesn't sound like I'm saying it. I, I swear. <laughs> but I like I have just I don't listen to the shit. I usually just read the shit. And <laughs> most of the time it's fairly self-evident. But I I swear I'm saying that wrong. Anyway, that's the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> He's very dead. <laughs> the dead journalist. I could just say that, but that's not the headline. <clears throat> the trials and tribulations of Turkish foreign policy, Asia Times, Pepe Escobar. Um, Brexit? Brexit and our foreign military losses of the past show up uh, Britain's naive exceptionalism. <laughs> Another from The Independent. This time, Patrick Cockburn. Really good. Uh, Cockburn, whatever. <laughs> never, once again, never, never heard that out loud. <laughs> but it's spelled Cockburn, so you just say it like that. <laughs> uh, Brexit, that sinking feeling. EUReferendum.com. <laughs> Brexit, Labor threatens contempt action over withheld legal advice from the Guardian. Marriott, Marriott breach leaves 500 million exposed with pet passport card number stolen Ars Technica now from what I read the other day it was uh, the people who didn't sign up for their loyalties card club or whatever the loyalty club got charged extra for internet so <laughs> that headline seems really fucking whoa but I guess right if you gave them that information or maybe it was the other way around but whatever, somebody paid more for that, and that's what that's about. But anyway, G20, Donald Trump, Xi Jinping agreed to ceasefire and tariff war after G20 dinner date as U.S. goes it alone on climate change. Oh my God, we're such. Well, we're not. We're not assholes. <laughs> He's an asshole. ABC News. Oh, yeah. That was really weird, too. Um, just another dumb thing that he did. He was on stage for, like, the last photo. And then, like, he just left. Like, Get me out of here. And he's like, 
dude, everybody's getting on. <laughs> so he leaves, and then he has to get the fuck back on stage. It's like, oh my god, what an asshole. Ugh. Fuck him. The G20's Africa problem, Project Syndicate. It's really good. Uh, those fellows have been around for, those folks have been around for a long time. Russia. Azov again. Craig Murray. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, Imperial Collapse Watch. The Path Back from Hell. Boston Review. Uh, tariff Tantrum. Uh, tariffs on Chinese rare earth minerals create a sticky problem for U.S. competitors. Ars Technica. India. Why Modi? Uh, why is Modi not accepting Pakistan's offer, offer of talks? Mm. The Wire. Oh, God. Bhopal gas tragedy. Ooh, wrong medication killed more people. Reveal PMO files 20 to 25 dying per month, even after 34 years. What the fuck? <laughs> That's a lot of goddamn people. <laughs> what the fuck? The Bhopal tragedy occurred 34 years ago on the night of December 2nd, 3rd first installment of a three-part series jesus that's fucked up man okay because if i did my math right right 12 months on a year you double that that's 24 at a zero that's 240 fucking people a year just dying from this like weird drug thing hmm. that's fucked that's too bad uh, healthcare. The work from home doctor will see you now. San Francisco Chronicle. Oh no. Something about we're going backwards. That feels real backwards. <laughs> to come in with the bone saw. <laughs> uh, got his needles and shit. I know. I know. Like them home doctors, right? Like. <laughs> There's a lot of, there's a hell of a lot of physicians in my building. <laughs> um, 2018 postmortem inside the GOP's California nightmare. Politico. Oh, yeah, they're fucked. Uh, Democrats in disarray. Bernie Sanders turned focus to the White House and the world. Washington Post. Um... Curtains for the Clintons, New York Times, Modo. Oh, man, that was funny. They're on some fucking Jackson's Victory Tour horseshit. Or they were up in Canada. And, like, they were, you know, yeah, they done some, some fucking thing. <laughs> and, like, the, they were at some hockey arena and shit. And that shit was, like, not just a half empty. That bitch was like empty as like fuck you people. Like the pictures I saw was looking sad. <laughs> I was like, good. So right on. I read that one later. Uh, the making of Elizabeth Warren from Politico. Obama tells Wall Street to thank him for making them so much money. <laughs> Real News Network. Today's must read. Hmm. Okay, looks like that's on the old Lisky. Be reading that later. And he should fucking tell them to thank them. <laughs> yeah, but see, here's what's fucked up. And one of the things he should have known when that shit was going down, 
They have no loyalty. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> so why are you like, why would you do this to begin with? Because they're just going to fuck you in the end. Because that's what they did to begin this shit. They didn't care at the start. Why, why would you think they care now? You know? Or respect you or anything. Right? But, you know, you'd have to do some fucking reading going into the gig before you fucking take the gig. <laughs> Anyway, um, isn't that what they tell you to do, especially nowadays in the, uh, when you're looking for jobs, do a little research, <laughs> right? Do a little research, anyway, man. All right. Um, Trump transition. It's so funny. It cracks me up every fucking time because... <laughs> He's been in office for two years or whatever the fuck now. And it's like, Trump transition. <laughs> He's still getting into office. <clears throat> uh, the price of black gold, the Telegraph, India. Um, the price of oil. Yeah, I guess that's us going it alone. Uh, the defendant shows up immigration court by himself. Oh, my. ProPublica. Trump to notify Congress in, <clears throat> quote, near future, he will terminate NAFTA. Yeah, but they, <laughs> that's some bullshit. They just rebranded the motherfucker. It's got a name that you can't just say NAFTA. It's like perk chick, you know? <laughs> you know? They made it, they intentionally made the motherfucker so you can't say, uh, just uh, wordify the the anagram or the uh, what's it the what is what not anagram <laughs> no just that's a mixed up word what's oh god oh my brain is just dumb today <laughs> my brain is being anachronistic I can think of all these words with the a right now and I can't think of the word and I don't care so, so oh I got a couple of laughs when I talked about um. <laughs> I was talking about how I can't, I, I don't like when people get up and make excuses for why their sets go stupid, especially this one. <laughs> I man, I'm so stoned. <laughs> I just, well, motherfucker, first off, nobody like asked you to get up there. <laughs> it's show business, man. Do some business to show it. Get the fuck off. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I, you know what? I didn't even notice. I was, I hate to tell you, I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> I don't notice your other set so much to be like, damn, he's fucked up this time. <laughs> don't care. Anyway. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's just renamed from NAFTA. <laughs> it, they they just re, you know, squiggled some fucking shittier terms and, you know, it's it's the same thing, but worse. Oh yeah, the Bushes, fathers and sons. <laughs> with apologies to Turgenev Consortium News. Yeah, yeah, uh, George H.W. Bush's Willie Horton ad will always be the reference point for dog whistle racism. <laughs> the ignored legacy of a George H.W. Bush war crimes, racism, and obstruction of justice intercept. Yeah, it was the head of the fucking CIA. He was a douchebag. Anyway. So, yeah, he died. Fuck him. That's fine. <laughs> that is like 94. 
Like all those fucking guys do. Nixon died at like 90 or like 80, 70. Died old. Oh, the worst, the worst. And they don't die. <laughs> they are babies, kids. <laughs> um, class warfare. Let's wrap this up. Hundreds arrested as police clash with the yellow vest protesters in Paris. Yeah, that's fucked up. Hundreds arrested in Paris. Having been to Paris, that must have been a wild ass scene. Uh, German cartel office investigates Amazon's treatment of small sellers. Handles blot. Yeah, because Amazon's a fuck boy. <laughs> Gen X bought the most homes, but debt killed their American dream. Axios. Um, dark web dealers voluntarily banned deadly fentanyl. Yeah, The Guardian. I was like, what the fuck? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> it can't, obviously, the web ain't that dark if it's in The Guardian. That was the first thing that popped in my head when I read that yesterday. I read that last night. Dark web dealers voluntarily banned fentanyl. Well, if it's a headline in The Guardian, <laughs> those dark web dealers must not be too fucking dark. Anyway, I hereby confess judgment. Bloomberg, part one of a three-part three series on predatory lending. <laughs> part two, the $1.7 million man. Part three, rubber stamp justice. So there you go. Oh, and a lovely picture of these. Looks like seagulls or some shit. What are these? Yeah, I guess. They look like they're in like a really old building out in the old country. Italy or something. All right. Since my man's not here, we're going to do one more Speed Gibson. We're going to play a little music. I've chatted enough at my own self. <laughs> I have one headphone in, and I don't want to hear my fucking voice anymore. You know what's really funny is, like, I I used to have, like, a pathological dislike of my voice of, to, like, such a degree that I never, like, 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 not just, like, never wanted to hear it, like, never. <laughs> like, if I ever had to hear shit with my voice on, I would just turn it off and, like, it's a weird thing to grow into something like that. I was like, well, now I just don't give a fuck. Like, like I'm still not sure sometimes when I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't know, man. My fucking voice and this, that, and the other thing. And, like, it just... One of the nice things, I guess, I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. One of the nice things about getting older is the idea of, like, it's one thing to talk shit when you're younger. Like, I don't give a fuck. But to actually get older and just be like, don't even, you know what, you don't have to say it anymore. You just don't give a fuck. And that's, that's, a, that's a good feeling. You know? It's like, it's not, what's the word? It's not like you acquiesce to life or you just submit to life. It's like you live with life. It's like you're playing with life instead of fighting life or something. In a way, you know, you're like, 
it's it's not that it it's weird. It's hard to say. It's it's hard to like articulate it in a way because what I'm trying to say is like it's not like you're stopping fighting the things that you were fighting for or whatever. It's that you've you've learned to adapt to the way that the punches are thrown in the world or something like that. Like you've learned to roll. You you like you just you just put up with this bullshit forever, and you're like, oh, this is how this shit works. So it's no need to get stressed out or angry or over enthused or whatever in something that's like so firmly out of like your control, at least at this moment, that it just seems silly or something. Or back more 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 to the vocal thing, geez, side tracker is like hey man this is you just like well this is what it is this is the tools you're dealt with and i don't care I, you know what i don't hear actually is a lot of other people complaining about it you're the only one i hear complaining about it so suck it up buttercup <laughs> and i think of voices that i really can't stand and i'm like you know what you're not doing that, buddy. <laughs> All right. With that, let's get into Speed Gibson. It's been real. Speed Gibson of the International Secret Police. Barney land their plane at Da Shen Lu, gateway to Tibet, they are met by Martin, who introduces himself as a government attaché and who takes the party into the town, leaving some of his own men to guard their plane. After having their passports visaed and warning the authorities that the octopus and some of his band have flown into Tibet, the boys and Bob Gilmore, Dr. Kingsley, and little Jean explore the town with Martin as a guide. Approaching the outskirts of Da Shen Lu, Clint wonders if they should take a last look at their plane preparatory to the takeoff at dawn. But, as they discuss the question, an avalanche roars down from the mountains above and everything is confusion. Hey, Barney! Speed! Where are you? He's under all that snow. I saw him go down. Quick, help me dig him out. Everybody, pitch in. Use your hands. Fix anything. But get Barney out before he suffocates. Give me a stick. I thought they never had landslides in Dutch and Lou. There's more to this than appears, Bob. Hurry, now dig faster. Oh, poor Barney. You stay back, Gene. More snow may come down at any time. Look, there's Barney's foot. Grab hold. Everyone, pull him up. All right, let's go. Here he comes. 
twice. Are you all right? I'll give him a chance to get his breath, Speed. Come on, let's carry him over there. Okay. Take his feet, Bob. Okay. Lucky he wasn't in direct line with that avalanche, or we never would have gotten to him in time. Well, just the edge of it caught him. Yeah, just the edge. But that was enough to bury me in six feet of snow. They never have avalanches in Dosh and Lou, but let Barney Dunlap arrive in town and the whole mountain slides down on his neck. Uh, well, I told you to run. You run where? How was I to know where the darn thing had land? Uh, hey, help me get some of this snow out of my neck, Speed. Okay, Barney. See, you were sure lucky. Lucky? Suffering wangdoodles. If that's what you call luck, I'd hate to have a streak of bad luck. But look at all those poor people whose houses were wrecked by that avalanche, Barney. They would have been buried, too, if Clint hadn't given the alarm. Hey, by the way, where's Martin? Hmm? Martin? Oh, he was right here when the avalanche struck. Right beside me. He sure ain't there now. Do you think he might have been buried, too? Why, no. He was way out of danger. Miss Bundy, wonder where he could have gone. Maybe he went to get help. Then why didn't he tell us what he was going to do? There's something mighty funny about the whole thing. Oh, you mean Martin's disappearance, Clint? Well, not exactly, but the way everything has happened, Dr. Kingsley. The way Martin brought men along to guard our plane, while he drove us into town, for instance. Clint, he's a government attaché. Yes, but how did he know he would want our plane guarded, Speed? He shouldn't have known we were on official business until I had introduced ourselves. I had made no contact with Daoshen Lu by shortwave radio. That's right. Do you think Li Ying might have radioed ahead before he was hurt? Yeah, not to anyone here but our operator, Barney. And he would have no reason to reveal our coming until he had talked to me. Then you think Mr. Martin is a member of the octopus band, Clint? And I won't think anything until I see him again, Jean. But one thing is certain. We'd better get to our plane right away and see if the avalanche buried that, too. You mean, you think the octopus planned this avalanche to do away with us, Clint? That it wasn't an accident? Well, doesn't it strike you as a little strange that an avalanche should descend just at the time we're on the outskirts of Dashin Lu and near our plane bomb? On the surface, it appears a good way to kill several birds with one stone. Stone? An avalanche, you mean? Come on, let's get to that plane and ask them guys guarding it some questions. Yes, master, you sent for me. You and I are leaving the Black Forest. We will fly to Lhasa. Lhasa? The holy city of Tibet? You are surprised? I thought you did not like this windy pass. I do not, master. But Lhasa, it is so carefully guarded. It is so carefully guarded. Whoever enters or leaves is closely questioned. Is it not dangerous for you to seek entrance, master? Oh, sometimes I think you have been with me too long. Master... You remember the days when first we started? Well, since then we have grown. I have grown in power until now I can accomplish anything I desire. It is not that I doubt your power or abilities, Master. But sometimes even the sun is hidden by clouds. Cannot disaster sweep across your path as quickly as unexpectedly? Disaster, as you call it, has made me the power that I am, Kwan Mu. Because I have learned to override disaster. A pity that uh, you have not learned the same. I am merely your humble servant. Then prepare to leave for Lhasa with me immediately. I have just had word from our man at the Dutch and Lu. The first welcome that I had planned for the secret police, the avalanche, has failed. Failed? I know, it seems incredible. 
But Clint Barlow and all who travel with him seem protected by some mysterious luck that saves them from destruction. But such luck cannot last forever. Someday it will fail. And in that hour, Clint Barlow shall be at my mercy. Someday, perhaps, in the future. But, Master, what about the present? Do not fear, Wu. The avalanche failed to accomplish what I had hoped. But the secret police and their friends have not left Dutch and Lou yet. I am informed that they plan to take off at dawn. <laughs> then the octopus will strike again. You still hope to stop the pursuit? Yes, but I am taking no chances. Should they escape, we will be in Lhasa by the time they reach the Black Pass. And I think my aviators there will accomplish what my men at Dutch and Lou thus far have failed in. The destruction of the secret police. However... We shall first see if Clint Barlow and the others succeed in taking off at dawn. <laughs> There's our plane, all right. Room's up in the moonlight, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. The avalanche missed it, all right. Luckily. Lucky is right. It might have taken us weeks to repair the plane if it had been disabled in any way. Well, don't count your chickens before they're hatched, Bob. If the octopus went to all the trouble of bringing an avalanche down on my neck, he might have wrecked the motors or the controls. Good heavens, do you think so? Uh, I doubt it, Doctor. It was a miracle that we escaped from that avalanche. The octopus never thought we would, I'm sure of that. And probably gave his men no further orders other than to say that there'd been a terrible accident. Just wait till I get my mitts on that Martin guy. Him doing that disappearing act looks mighty suspicious to me. That's what always happens to the octopus gangsters. Just when you want them, they ain't. <laughs> and when you don't want them, there they are, huh, Barney? That's right, kid. Hey, boys. Looks as if the men guarding our plane have disappeared, too. Huh? Yeah. Now, see for yourself. There's no sign of them. Maybe the avalanche scared them away, Bob. Well, guards aren't supposed to desert their post, Gene. Besides that, they could easily see that they weren't in line with it. Hey, you're right, Bob. Let's get inside the plane and see if it's been damaged. Oh, Doctor, you'd better wait here with Gene until we see if everything's okay. Very well, Clint. We'll wait right here for you. Well, the plane looks just about like we left it. Yeah, but I've learned that looks don't mean a thing. Uh, I'll climb in first and switch on the light. All right, go ahead. Everything's clear. Come on. All right, let's go. All right, now, Barney, go up front and try out the motors. Then go over the controls carefully to see if anything's been touched. Okay, Clint. And, Bob, uh, you look at our supplies, will you? You bet, Clint. What should I do? Well, Speed, you might take a look at our ammunition. Meanwhile, I'll see if our fuel tanks have been tampered with. Oh, yes, and look at the drinking water, too, Speed. Okay. Let's see now. Machine gun bullets. Yep, they're in order. And here are the tear gas bombs. Nobody's touched them. And I don't think the plane's been hurt any, because it was all locked up and the octopus never thought they'd be able to use it again. Well, I'm through here. Guess I'll go up and see how Barney's making out. Hey, Bob, how are the supplies? Everything seems to be all right, Speed, but I'm making a thorough examination just to make sure. These supplies are darn important to us on this flight. I'll say so. 
funny. Oh, hey, what do you mean sneaking up behind me like that and grabbing my shoulder? Trying to scare me to death? <laughs> no, I thought you heard me coming, Barney. How can I hear you when I'm listening to these motors? Sound all right, don't they? Smooth as silk, kid. Ain't nothing wrong with these, baby. They'd carry us to Timbuktu if we were to take off right now. But as long as we ain't, I might as well save gear. Well, ammunition is okay, too, and Bob's checking on the supplies. Guess those octopus gangsters didn't hurt our plane any. Not yet, but I'd like to get away from here before the octopus gives him any new ideas. We're gonna leave at dawn, Barney. Yeah, but a lot can happen between now and dawn, kid. Don't forget that the octopus loves to work in the dark. Listen. What's that? Sounds like drums. Let's go find Clint. Maybe he'll know what they mean. Yeah, but it better not be another parade. Hi, fellas. What's up? Hear those drums, Bob? We're going to find out what they mean. Oh, I'll come along with you. The supplies are all in good shape. Swell. Clint's checking the gasoline and stuff. He's outside now. What's stopping us, then? Pile out. Okay. okay here we go. Now I'm down. Yeah. Oh, Steve, what are those drums? That's just what we want to know, Gene. Oh, here's Clint now. I think those are Tibetan prayer drums. I told you we'd hear them at Daoshin Lu. Tibetan prayer drums? They sound more like signal drums to me. They are weird. Oh, dear. I wish we were leaving this place right now. I don't like it. Well, Jean, I think you've hit on our next move. Huh? What do you mean, Clint? The octopus has failed in one attack on us. Yeah, but it sure made an impression on me. But he may not be through with us. Just like I said, kid, remember? Uh, listen, Echo, will you pipe down a minute and let me talk? Sure, go ahead. I ain't stopping you. Oh, Dr. Kingsley. You took nothing from the plane, did you? I mean, uh, you took no belongings? Why, no, Clint. Everything is here. Yeah, don't you remember, Clint? We left everything in the plane except our identification papers because we only thought we'd be gone a few hours. And there's no reason for us to return to town. Yeah, huh? Won't Mr. Wing, Ming wonder over our sudden departure? The last he heard, we were sightseeing and weren't going to take off until dawn. Well, by now, all of Doshin Lu probably knows about the avalanche bomb. And Martin... Playing his part of the end will probably report to Ming that we escaped. And he'll also report it to the octopus. Exactly. And before the octopus gang has time to plan another trap, we're going to leave Doshen Lu. Climb into the plane, everybody. We're not going to wait until dawn. We're taking off for the Black Pass immediately. <laughs>
In case you don't know what a monorail is Check out the Expo In Seattle
beyond your comprehension. Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th. 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual, and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website. Laugh off your tushy. Save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. <laughs>
right, you guys, it's another Sunday here in the Mission District. Studio line is open. 415-550-0511. My name is Paul Brumbaugh, and you're on the edge. Hey, just hanging out here. Um, it's another cold day in the Mission. Um, I don't know where you are right now, but it's kind of chilly, Willie, here. Uh, the sun is out in certain places, but we're not anywhere the sun shines. We're at Mutiny Radio Don FM. That's where we are. Um, we have, let me see, two different guests in the studio today. I'm just going to say, spit that out right away. Uh, we have comedian uh, Mark Neuer with us and also uh, Perry Borders. So, uh, but I'm also here with my partner in crime today, hanging out finally in studio. He's got his little mask on. He's worried about the particulate matter here in the studio. Give it up for my boy, Brandon Ray. Hey, guys, what's up? What's happening, buddy? Good to see you, but you have your little mask. You're worried about that fire. All the fires, the car fire. I have it off right now. It's not that bad in here, but outside it's really bad. Right. I forgot my mask today, so it's like, uh-oh. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know why I'm not getting you on the microphone, Brandon. Hello. You talk to me more, buddy. Hello. I think you, you, you're there. Am I off? No, yeah, you're off. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea where I you're at. Oh, so grab the other mic, maybe. Grab that one for me. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Here we go. I just fixed it for you. You fixed it? Hello? Yeah, there you go. Hey, Here so good to see you, Brandon. Thanks. Sorry about that. We literally had to smack the microphone for it to work, so. Someone was messing with it earlier, probably. Right, exactly. Smacking the, it around. Yeah, smacking it around. So, it's good to have you here, like I said, you had your little mask and you're worried about the uh, the particulate matter here. They say that the air quality here in the Bay Area is unhealthy. It's near uh, the next, uh, next uh, thing on the scale where it says it's going to be hazardous. Mm -hmm. There's so much, not just smoke in the air, but there's uh, particles and all this other junk and nasty stuff, and you're walking around with your mask. Um, we're not going to see any relief until these fires uh, are more contained and that our weather cooperates with us. Uh, well, it's supposed to rain the next few days. Maybe that'll work. That'll yeah, it's supposed to rain away. on Tuesday. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty rainy from Tuesday to Friday, as the forecast shows. But you never know. We're st we still live in the times where... Uh, weather is not 100 percent yeah um but that's what they say the weather models show well my phone shows too huh my phone shows that too well yeah but your phone goes off it always uh, changes like right it does it does change like if you were to look at it now it would actually maybe project tuesday that we're gonna see rain and then maybe later today it might say no uh we'll see rain on wednesday mm -hmm. so it does change a little bit but yeah that's what we need we need relief we need uh I guess two different two different things. One is some rain would be good, and some wind that goes in an opposite direction.